Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. It's not how you start, but how you finish. We are your co-hosts, Solomon and Jamila Jefferson. We want you all to know, no matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we've made, we will not allow our past to determine our future. We welcome our guest, Sister Kathy Garrett Davis, to talk about single parenting and some of her experiences now that her child is grown. Welcome, Sister Kathy. Hey, sis. It's good to be with you. Thank you again for inviting me to do this. I am so excited. I have been a a tutor for uh, middle school students. I I love teaching math. I'm usually drawn into math. That seems to be the biggest need, even though my undergraduate degree is in English. I am currently uh, helping homeowners who've been affected by disaster damage in various places. I've certainly been active in ministry at my home church at Enon Tabernacle Baptist Church. And I am a proud mama to a 25-year-old daughter who, when she was little, even though she was a single child, she was like three children in one. So praise the Lord, I graduated from that phase and get to enjoy her as an adult. So what were some good things about being a single parent? I think the biggest thing that was an advantage is that I did not have to consult with somebody else in terms of how I wanted to raise Andrea. But that's also one of the downsides is that all of the decisions fall on on me. And it was a little bit tough, but it was such a blessing to learn about God through her, to teach her about who God is and watch her grow in her development and knowing who the Lord was um, and Lord who the Lord is and to see her now still hold on to that faith. She was baptized actually at four and a half. And that was just a surprise, but I depended on Sisters in Christ who knew her and who knew me. And I told them, I would love to have her, you know, baptized this early. But if you say she's not ready, let me know. And they said she is more than ready. One of the other things that was really great about being that single parent is that I had time to really learn my child. And uh, that was a great joy as well. You know, Proverbs 22, 6 tells us to train up a child in the way they should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. That to me meant that I needed to follow her lead in terms of her interest. We didn't always see eye eye to eye. She loved bugs. And I am not a bug person. (laughs) But, you know, her curiosity was something I really had to follow. And she was curious about a lot of different things. And that's a blessing, too. I think one of the most important things that we can and should do as a parent is to learn who our child is and then pray for guidance and how to nurture that child in their interests, while we're also praying to God for guidance and how to introduce him to them. Amen. So what were some challenges about being a single parent? One of the challenges, you know, as I mentioned, is that, you know, all the decisions fell on me and it, it gets to be tiring to have to be the one that, that is the go-to person for everything. Not just the housekeeping, but for all the decisions, all of the crying, all of the whining, all of the mommy, mommy, mommy. It was also tough just to play two roles at the same time. I had to draw on some other people to help me. And the, then the loneliness that comes with that, of being a single parent. You know, I am the one that's strong for her, but who's there close by who's strong for me? So um, 
that loneliness was also a really challenging part too. But I'm thankful for sisters in Christ who helped me to remember that my child will not be small always and that God will make time for you and give you everything that you need. Just hold on. So some of the good things that you mentioned, because I remember being a single parent where you had them pretty much all to yourself. So your beliefs and your values pretty much were consistent. And some of the challenges for me as a single parent was like you had mentioned the loneliness or just feeling like you were sometimes maybe overwhelmed and things like that. But then the support started to be provided with church family other single moms, like other extended family, other friends that you trusted. So, yeah. Well, I've never really experienced myself being a single parent, but I had some aunts that were single parents. And I realized that as a single parent, especially when you've got siblings and, and uncles and, and grandparents, it becomes the village. And the village plays a big part. But I found out through my aunts that there is a period of time when you are lonely, and that's where self-care comes in at, because although people can help you raise your child, they can't help you with the self-care part. So I found out that that was the part that my aunts, uh, they struggle with. They struggle with taking care of themselves. Yeah, and I just wanted to add like an inspiration before we move on to the next question regarding the loneliness piece. The U version Bible app, Single Mom, Strong with Pam Canley. And she had like a section in there on loneliness that gave some hope. And one of the things at the end she mentioned was, beloved single mom, you feel empty and isolated, but I have not left you as an orphan. And your loneliness, I am training you to know the reality of my nearness. You'll never be closer to me than in your darkness. I am here. You are not alone. I love you. And in that, I kind of drew near and closer to the Lord without being distracted. So it worked out, you know. I can absolutely say that one of the things I remember praying for before Andrew was really a piece of thought was God increase my faith. I wasn't one of those people who was born in the church. I didn't have any kind of sense of who God was until my mid-20s. And I had Andrew when I was about 30 years old. So I was still a relative babe in Christ when I had her, but I knew enough about God to where I knew that he was my rock and he had started to work out the depression out of me and some of the sadness and some of the self-doubt and all of that. But I can tell you that through her, through my daughter, I prayed a lot. I did have as part of my self-care I found devotionals that were really great for me. That's when I really uh, spent a lot of time with the In Touch magazine by Dr. Charles Stanley. Certainly did a lot of my own reading. As a matter of fact, one of the the passages that that still resonates with me is Isaiah 54, the entire passage. And I've watched how God has systematically taken me through different pieces of that, that whole chapter as Andra has grown up. And and when she was small, the first couple of verses where it talks about the children of the married wife are not as great as those of the barren wife. But what it said to me is that even though I'm by myself, kind of like Hagar was kind of by herself, 
it's okay because God has me and he has my child and, and she will be great in time. And what that greatness is will be up to him. I just have to be there to, to support her as she needs to, as the Lord does the work in her. You know, sometimes depending on the circumstances in which the parent becomes a single parent, there could be regret or bitterness. And with the same devotion I had mentioned earlier, talked about regret. You know, have you ever done something that looking back, you thought, how could I have lowered myself to that standard? How could I have acted that way? How could I have not seen the long range result of my actions? Regret leaves a wound that badges our integrity. It questions our discernment where we're left to pick up the pieces. It's painful because we can't fix it, change it, or reverse it. And what's the worst part? We did it. Yikes. Yet God provides a way to inner healing. And she gives some other examples about thankfulness, submission, expectancy. And like she closes out with this one is, beloved single mom, you're stuck in the muck of regret, yet I never waste one sorrow or sense of loss. I am turning your mourning into joy and your regret into a jewel of redeeming value. You are not alone. I love you, Jesus. I wanted to add on to that in that, yes, we as single parents, maybe we're single because of something that we did or didn't do. Could have been a choice, you know, before the child was born. But I know for me, I never expected to be a single parent. I was married. I thought I had the the right guy. And I always thought that he would have been a much better parent than I would. I, I expected to be the disciplinarian and he would have been the fun person. What I didn't realize is that there was uh, more insecurity in him than what I saw at that time. But I also was an insecure person. So having Andrea... And with him having left as early as he did, I mean, Andrea's never known what it's like to have a dad in the house and having to struggle through that with her, you know, crying about, you know, why her dad's not there. Why does he not spend time with her? That's really tough. And I had to depend on God's word to remind her that, you know, she does have a dad and he's given and done more for her than what I could do and even what her natural dad had done and could do for her. I also have seen as a teacher where there are so many children of single parents, mostly single moms, who are not cared for well because every time that mom looks at that child, they see the dad who's not there. And so that that woman is carrying bitterness in her heart and she's taking it out on the child sometimes subconsciously. And one of the things that I absolutely prayed for is that I would take care of Andrea in the way she needed to be taken care of and not let my stuff bleed into her. And that's so important. Children are a gift from God. They don't ask to be born, but when they're here, they are our responsibility to nurture and to train and to love so that they have a healthy view of themselves and of God as the one who supplies all their needs, regardless of who's in their life and who's not in their life. And I thank God for the strength that he gave to me to nurture her in that way. And also for those other Christian sisters and brothers who came alongside to help me to nurture her the way she needed to be nurtured. And when you had mentioned about the father piece, because I could relate as well when I was a single parent, 
And the, the scripture that comes to mind is Psalm 2710. You know, when my father, and my mother forsake me, God is there, right? And so also with the bitterness piece from that same devotion, Single Mom Strong with Pam talks about, beloved single mom, there is no greater obstacle to your spiritual health than refusing to let go of bitterness. I see what you passed through, but I'm doing a new thing. Walk away from your past so I can carry you into my future. You are not alone. I love you, Jesus. Can you share some positive and negative things in your relationship with your grown child? You know, you mentioned your child's grown now. She's 25. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the, the, the one hard thing, and it was the hardest thing, but it was necessary for the transition for, for me to be the parent of an adult child versus the parent of a child child is that when, when Andrea went to college, she went to college in upstate New York, so she's a little bit away from me. I knew I had prepared her. You know, Andrew could, you know, take care of the house, feed herself well. She didn't have to rely on oodles or noodles and pizza. She could, you know, fix some meals. And she knew how to do laundry and all that kind of thing. But still, I expected that she would feel some connection to me and, you know, want to be at home because we were close. I would call her in, in that first month. I called her and pretty much on a daily basis, sometimes multiple times in the, in the course of a day, you know, just to check up on her, see if she needs anything and that kind of thing. She always, you know, had a very short conversation. She sounded happy and all that. One of the times I called her and I said, you know, I, I really just want to hear from you. And, you know, would you call me? And, you know, is there anything you need? I just want to make sure you're okay. And she said, mom, you did a great job in raising me. I can take care of myself. I don't need a mommy. I need a mom. Oh, my goodness. I was sliced and diced. My heart was shredded. But I understood what she was saying. I didn't like that she said that because there was a piece of me that still saw her as my child who needed protection and care and all of that, like a mommy does. But at the same time, she was absolutely right. I needed to make sure that I was doing the things that I needed to do to transition from being mommy to mom. And qualitatively, what that means is I'm no longer giving her direction. I'm no longer giving her instruction. I can't tell her what to do. I can't make her do anything. I have to let go and let her do what she's going to do. I have to really trust her in God's hands. I have to trust that everything that I put into her, everything that other people put into her, everything that God had put into her in her quiet time was going to work itself out for her good. So we struggled. We battled back and forth a lot. Like I would snipe at her and she'd snipe back at me and I cried a lot. I was like, who is this person? <laughs> Where's my loving, sweet child? And what has happened is God worked on me, again, with the help of some other people. So one thing I want to say is I still have an informal parent council. I had one when, I, when she was little. I you know, asked them questions. Um, they were parents who I saw were raising children the right way. And so I'd ask them little questions in order to get some insights for myself to, to be a, a good parent to, to Andrea. But I find that you still need that when your child is grown. 
So those are parents who have been down a road a little bit farther. They're raising adult children. They can help to pull on your coattails and say when you're doing things great and when you're not. And if you're not doing it great, how do you fix it? How do you change your own mindset? So we are now four years down the road. The love is back completely. She spontaneously says, Mommy, I love you again. You know, what she did when she was little, I was like, oh, that makes me feel good. That means we're all right. Amen. Well, thanks for sharing. And I just thank God for that because it sounds like it's a process. It's a journey. You know, it's not just a one-time situation with the dynamics of what you mentioned. And so we want to also, in addition to your story, sharing about that process to give hope to families or parents or loved ones that are going through it with things that their adult child is maybe being rebellious or in addiction, things that may have definitely was opposite of how they raised them to be. Another devotion that I came across from the U um, version Bible app called Prayers of Blessings Over My Adult Children states, One of the deceitful lies of the enemy is that our adult children's wrong and painful decisions are a result of our parental mistakes and errors. Ultimately, God does hold us as parents responsible for the decisions and responses we choose to make in our own lives. However, as parents, we are not responsible for the failings of our children. There are many godly parents in the Bible who had rebellious or wicked children. Eli, Samuel, and many of the godly kings of Judah remind us that God-honoring parents do not always produce God-honoring children. And sometimes, however, our personal sins will result in our children's rebellion and even betrayal, such as happened with Absalom, the son of King David. Such consequences must be endured until God has had the opportunity to accomplish all that he desires in the lives involved. And at times we must hold on for years or even decades to see God's desired result come to fruition. Because much of life is beyond our understanding, we cannot allow bitterness to take root when things get difficult with our adult children. Rather, we should realize that everything we face provides us with an opportunity to grow and learn. And we must choose God no matter what comes our way. And if there were some things in our parenting, because we all have fallen short, we have to go to God for forgiveness, go to our children for forgiveness, and also forgive ourselves and then move on and let it go. There are things about our parenting that maybe there is something that we could have done differently. Um, You mentioned it as well earlier, is that one of the things that really helped to form the bond between myself and Andrea when she was young and even continues now, is that I was not afraid to apologize. There would be times when I had a bad day and, you know, she's tiny, you know, she's a kid. She's not necessarily doing anything wrong, but she may call my name and I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear nobody calling my name at that time because of other stuff. And so I would snap at her and then Holy Spirit always would catch me. And have me go to her, get down on her level and say, mommy's the problem, not you. I'm sorry. And even now she's an adult. And I think back to some of the things that, you know, maybe I feel like I could have done better. I didn't listen to her enough or, you know, I said no when I should have said yes. And I say to her, I'm really sorry that 
I didn't let you do such and such, or that I said such and such, would you please forgive me? You know, we go to God to apologize and ask for his forgiveness. Well, we as parents have to recognize that our children have feelings. They get hurt, sometimes innocently, and we need to be confident enough in ourselves as humans and certainly as God's children to say, I'm sorry. Because just like you said, God does hold us accountable. And one of the prayers that I had to God was, God, don't let me hurt my child's heart. No matter what happens, don't let me hurt her heart. Because I remember what it was like as a child where I felt very unloved. And I was always criticized and mean and hard and harsh and hateful things were said to me because I was very much like my dad. And my mom did not like my dad so much. Um, And I was in an intact family. But there was a lot of strife between the two of them because of my dad's alcoholism. And I bore the brunt of that. And I said, I will not put my child through the emotional abuse that I suffered. So I went overboard. And so I would say to parents, think back to what was good for you and what wasn't so good for you as a child and and make sure that you make the adjustments with your own children to not repeat the generational problems and issues and curses that you experienced. And that's what I kind of can relate to growing up as well. When you mention certain things, when you look back and pull the layers, like I forgave my parents. They did the best that they knew how of what they were given. And I said to myself, well, that's why I got out of the unhealthy relationship and became a single parent that I didn't want that to happen with them. But I still took responsibility for my rebelliousness. I was rebellious. And now my mom and I, we have a great relationship. My my um, father's deceased. So, be- you know, before he died, we made amends and things like that. So I did wanted to mention when you had mentioned something about accountability from that same devotion, prayers of blessings over my adult children. Does God hold parents accountable for the sins of their children? Absolutely not. God disciplines us if we continue to be abusive or irresponsible parents, but not for our adult children's choices and actions. Well, one of the things that that I I think I want to leave with people is, um, Ephesians 3, I always go to 20 and 21, where it says, you know, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. But what's the reason for that? And I think from verse 16 on down through 21, God wants us, and I I guess I better just read it, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end. Amen. For me, that summarizes all that God does in that parent-child relationship. All of it is designed to bring each of us, all of us, parent and child, 
to a fuller knowledge of who God is in our lives individually and collectively so that he will get the glory and he will absolutely blow your mind as a single parent as to who you are, what you can do, and then also what your child will do to bless you as well as to be a blessing to others all for God's glory. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. We thank you, my sister. This was a blessing. God continue blessings on you and your daughter. And we just give God the glory for this. God bless. God bless. Thank you. You too. So no matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we have made, it does not define who we are or where we are going. It is just a part of our story and the journey that God has us on to not only learn from these different experiences, but to sometimes be able to help support, encourage, and inspire others who may be going through similar situations. My husband and I have learned this to be true because of our different life experiences, which have led us in wanting to continue to share our story along with others to know it is not how you start, but how you finish.